You are listening to the Mission Matters Podcast Network, where we amplify the stories of entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. Welcome to Financial Legacy. Nothing off limits with Leah. I'm your courageous host. August is the month of replenishment. Be sure to replenish mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. On August 20th, Aaliyah's Helping Hand is having the kickoff for the Virtual Financial Literacy Workshop. And in person on August 27th at Lifetime Fitness. You can register at www.aaliyahhelpinghand.vision under Events tab. Hurry because seats are limited to 30 people and you don't have to be a member. Thanks to all of my listeners for your support. Be sure to listen until the end of the show for a rare gem reveal for Mr. Demetrius Car King. Thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. That's how you spend your off days, doing good stuff. Yes, today is an off day. So what are you doing on your off day? I'm trying to wait on the ADT man to come from my new home for the security thing. But of course, I got to go to work and make some things happen. So, you know. One of them days, as usual. You're off, but you're not off. Every day, story of my life. That is very true for us busy entrepreneurs and business owners and leaders. So, Mr. Car King, because that's what I know you as, tell our listeners about yourself. All right. So, I'm a seasoned car salesman. I pretty much give the best rates, best approvals in the city. It's just about people really understanding themselves understanding their own credit, understanding the situation that they put themselves in and giving them the best situation to succeed. I try to tell people sometimes I'd rather not sell you a car than sell you a bad car or something just to make a sale. It doesn't make sense to me. I like repeat referral business and things of that nature. And somebody can't refer somebody to you if they're unhappy type thing, you know, or they can't refer somebody or repeat with you if you sold them something that's just a horrible car and everything else, this, that, and the third, you know? So I, I try to also educate people on things they have going on, you know, especially if I pull their credit, take a look at what they have going on and, you know, give them a general knowledge of what they have going on, what they can and can't do. You know, everybody wants a Lambo truck, but want to pay Cavalier price. It's, it's not feasible in life. You know, everybody want a six bedroom mansion but want to pay for a one bedroom apartment, you know? And it's like us as people, not white, black, Mexican, Chinese or anything, us as people, everybody wants the best for the lowest price. Sometimes the lowest price don't get you to where you need to be with the quality, you know? And with that said, like I run my transportation business. I have a transportation business with my family that me and my family started. I had an idea about hoarding the elderly to and from their appointments. So just people who needed rides in general, they use their insurance so it's not coming out of their pocket to get them to their appointments and different things that they have to do. So with that, that business took off well. My family supported me pretty well, I must say, pretty well. And the business grew and has grown, you know, so it's just a general thing to help people out. I've seen the evil side of that business because people are in it solely for the money, you know, and they just sometimes will take people to the appointment, don't pick them back up, overbook you know, things of that nature. I'd rather have my list set for the day of what I can and can't do and be with that than try to cram it all in and just leave people unhappy. I've heard so many horror stories about 
different companies. And my main thing has always been a customer service environment across the board, as you know. So, I mean, always there to serve the people within reason. Just, you know, make it happen. That sounds like, that sounds great. Especially for our society right now, we know that purchasing a vehicle right now is at an all-time high. All-time high. I recommend not to buy anything new, but you are the car king. And you can elaborate on our list for our listeners on, on many levels. So I've been knowing you for quite some time and I've bought every car that I have from you. So thank you for the years of service. I am grateful for it. With that being said, when we talk about people in general, not just of a color, what is the one thing that you see quite often when making a decision for a vehicle that is relevant to their life? You can see that they use this process and maybe it's good decisions or maybe bad decisions. When you say prepare, right, that goes a long way. So it goes a long way. Yeah. Tell me your experience on being prepared in aspects of life and what it takes to be successful. Here's my thing with the whole thing, especially with the car buying process. Like you have to realize what's going on around you. You have to understand what's going on around you. And you have to unfortunately accept it that as time goes on, prices on everything will go up. The house that I'm in now in 1960 probably could have bought for $30,000. The truck that I'm driving now, if you would have bought a, well, not a similar truck, but if you would have bought a truck, you would have paid $3,500 for the truck. That's a lot of money in that time, you know? So as time goes on, even from 2020, I have a 2020 F-150. I have a panoramic roof, heated seats, navigation, all this stuff, this then the third. My truck costs a certain amount of money. Right now, if I try to get that same truck, it's six grand more for the exact same truck options that I have and everything. It's six grand more if I wanted to buy a 22. So people don't understand that when they come into a situation, you haven't bought a car in four or five years, this three, $400 that you're paying is not feasible at this point. You know, And I try to explain to people, it's just math. It's just math. I do things by volume sales, I would rather sell you a car, make 25% of what I would make if I charge you full fare for it. But I sell you a car, your mother a car, your brother a car, your sister a car. You know what I'm saying? And everybody in your family comes to me now versus me selling you one car and I don't see none of y'all. It makes no sense. You know, I tell a funny story, you know, from the younger days of being a guy in the streets and, and things of that nature. It's the same situation in business. You have to attract people, quality people to you to make these kind of kind of things happen. So if you have me and you on the corner, I'm going to use this as an example. This is a funny example. Me and you on the corner, you got $25 bag rocks. I got $25 bag rocks. You're selling them for $20, $25 because you want to make that, that money. I'm selling mine for 20, maybe 18, and I have a better product. You know, so one thing I'm going to do is I'm going to treat that person, even though they they doing drugs, I'm going to treat that person with respect. I'm going to treat them like they are a customer because it's a customer service business and they're going to go tell their friends. Their friends are going to come. They're going to tell their other friends that's not friends with that friend. And then that network just grows. It's the same thing, whether you're in the streets, whether you're washing cars, you know, 
my transportation business, I'm cheaper than everybody else. People look at me like, why are you doing that? Because I get these fat rats and I get these people on a repeat scale whenever they need me. Versus you'll get this person one time and maybe never see them again. That's why you're charging these rates because you're trying to get every dollar because you're not doing enough business as it goes. You know, but when you have enough business and you make a little cut, you make a little cut, you save somebody some money. You save somebody some money. And that goes a long way in the process because now you're building value in what you're doing for them. So it's a little bit more work, but the money is steady and you can only grow. Yeah. So you raised a valid point. <clears throat> you said something. You said value. I would like you to elaborate on the word value. What does value mean to you in the economy right now? We're in a pivot. Value is not something that we see on a day-to-day basis. It has decreased. Home value have decreased. Car value, you know, they say once you drive a, a brand new off the lot, it decreased instantly. Sometimes yeah. the people, the value of people, they don't find themselves in a good predicament mentally, emotionally, and physically. So when we speak on value, there's a lot of things that goes into There's a lot of avenues that come with value. There's a ton. And the problem with value is most people haven't been raised on it, or if they were raised on it, some people want the easy way out. First thing that goes out the door when you want the easy way out is character, value, commitment, loyalty. You know, those things go out the window because you just want to get by, but then that makes your life unhappy. That makes your life totally unhappy because you're not committed to anything. Like, let's just say with me selling you a car, I can show you on paper everything that goes on, right? I've done it. Everything that goes on. Once you buy your car, if you have an issue or these this things of the nature, I don't send you the voicemail. You know, I don't not call you back if I missed your call. No matter what it is, I'm responding. And we talking about months and, and years after the sale. But like you said, since you've met me and bought a car from me, you've bought all your cars from me. Because I've built value in what I do and actually built a friendship, which is another value. I like cars. And, and that I know, that that I know, that I know. You like cars and you like nice cars. You like nice cars. And the cars you like are expensive. So why not save you a bit of money? Why not build value in you having that car and enjoying that car? Because the first thing you're going to do if you're around somebody and they say, man, I need a new car. You're going to say, go to my guy. You're going to say, go to my guy. Go to the car king. You know, I can be in a bar. I don't been eating. And people, hey, ain't you the car king? Kind of out with my kid. Yes, but yes, I am because I'm on duty. You know what I'm saying? I'm not go. no, I'm not going to shun you off. Work is work is 24-7 for me. Yeah. My kids understand it. My future wife understand it. Because at the end of the day, that's how these bills get paid. And I can show anybody on paper the deal that I've done for them how their deal was structured, why their deal was structured. If you got a 5% rate, that's what you get. If you got a 20% rate, that's because of something you did in your past that dictates where the bank want to do that, which is why you notice where it is type of stuff. you know. And that's the part of ownership and accountability that people don't want to do. Yeah, well, I heard you mention one thing, and I have been knowing you quite some time. When you talk about the past, right? So many people are afraid of their past and yeah. they can't get past oh in your legacy right this is a phenomenal legacy and i am happy to be the one to say that i witnessed it for quite some time you've done well 
What is it in your past that has allowed you or you made decisions to transition to where you are or move where you are? Was it a calculated step or was it something that it was just like one day you looked up and this is what has happened? So to be totally honest, th- this one's going to get real with you. You know, as you know, I was a street dude across the board. Straight street dude, straight goon, straight bonehead, all of that. You know, got to the point to where you're paying lawyers, you're going to court, you're doing this down the third. The streets love you, the streets respect you. But what does that get you at the end of the day? You know, what does that get you at the end of the day? So when you go on and you go on to jail and everything else, the whole hood don't write you. The whole hood don't come and visit you. You know, the whole hood don't send you boxes and this, that, or the other. You know who comes see you? Your kids, your mother, your woman, if you got one. That's it. But you in there with these dudes and these correction officers, and it's just a bad situation. You can get killed in there, you know, seeing people get killed. And it's just a bad environment that it's just like, is this the life you want to keep going through? I met a man who was, I was about 24 at the time. He was 48. And his whole calculated free time from him being 18 was a year. And I never forget it was a year, three months and 24 days that he was free as an adult. The rest of the time that he was an adult spent in prison. That's something I want to do. That's something I want to do. I got a friend of mine's that's like family that's been locked up since 2003. It's about to be 2023. Do you understand the amount of things I've done? From even working hard to vacations and good times and, you know, in that 20 year span, he's been in prison. I don't want that for me. I don't want to be that example for my kids. I don't want to be that example for anybody. So it was like, you got to change your mindset. You got to change your mindset and you got to do something else with yourself. You know, I got blessed to get another shot at basketball to make a few dollars just to not be in the streets. You know, when that ended, I'm like, what am I do? I don't have no real skills with nothing. You know, I've always been a street dude or I can play basketball. And I talked to a guy, you know, Keith, you know, Keith Hart, that's my mentor. And I was playing on a team of his dominating, you know, in the rec league stuff, killing all that. And I'm telling him like, man, I need to do something or I'm about to be back in the streets. Like he like, no, you too smart for it. If you're really serious, come talk to me. We'll figure it out. And that's how I started selling cars. Selling cars was the best life for you. If yeah. You allow so, me to add, I see the transformation, and you have definitely become a better person and friend. Yeah. Thank you to your mentor. He did a phenomenal thing when he encouraged you to do that. I will say this. I will say this, and this is a this is a funny tidbit. People will probably laugh at it. I went through probably four interviews that day. You know, people couldn't understand like how is this guy so smart? Like how's he intellectually? I've always been a smart guy. You know, it's just where you grow up at and what happens is it is what it is. So I finally got to the general manager and he asked me, like, I had talked to him for about 20 minutes. What makes you think you can sell cars? And I looked at him dead in the face and said, well, I sold drugs and I did very well at that. This is the same thing. This is just a legal hustle. And he looked at me, he smiled, he said, you're going to do great. You're hired. So wait, just pause there for a second. <laughs> dead ass. You know, That's what um, I said. It's very funny that you say that because we have youth who they understand that this is the only life that they know to live, unfortunately, because yeah. they may have not had a good upbringing or they may not have a good circumstances. Yeah. And if right now was the moment that you can save or change someone's life, what would you say to them? 
Don't let that environment be an excuse. You know what I'm saying? My cousin who's in business with me right now, she has four degrees. She graduated from Shaw. She went to school in East Cleveland. She got four degrees. You know what I'm saying? And she came out of it. I've seen so many people come out of it and I've seen people fall to it. But it's just like, if you fall for it, if you fall for the gimmick that they want you to fall for, then it's all bad. If you know that there's something out there better for you, you got to make it happen. And, you know, a lot of these kids don't want to understand that because they want the easy way out. And then a lot of times us as parents in our generation want to give our kids an easier life because we had a harder life from our parents being in the oppressions and discriminatory things they had to grow up with. And that's a big, big distraction with our kids now because our kids now see the Cardi B and a little baby on TV and whatever. And then they want to say, Oh, I need a Bentley. I need a Lambo truck. And, and they feel like they fail because they don't have that right now. When you got these artists and then movie actors and stuff like that, a lot of people don't slip in their cars. they went to another city, slip in a car to go do an audition, you know, to do this hard work that you don't see, you know, it's been, it's been countless days that I've been in the dealership till midnight. I get home at one o'clock, take a shower, maybe grab something to eat, go to sleep and be right back at the dealership at nine o'clock in the morning, you know, to where I'm jockeying for, hey, can I sell you a car type stuff to where now I just sit back and my phone rings. But people look at it now, whereas they think, oh, well, he just, oh, man, he balling, he doing this, that, I'm not balling at all. I'm very well maintained, but I also put the work in to get to where I'm at. People didn't just call my phone for no reason to get a car, you know? I've established that. I've made it happen. I've advertised myself and I stood behind myself to where I can leave this dealership and go to the next one. I'm not going to miss a beat. So let's say this. Would you say that based on your money mindset, right? You already had the mindset that you were going to make the dough, right? Making the money. Would you say based on your money mindset and your tenacity and your determination to survive, not only in the streets, is what helps you thrive or makes you thrive so well in the car industry because you're right it's still just dealing with people or has that changed so the thing is like i've always been a people person you know i'm a very personable person i'm a sweet person i got one shirt on right now no undershirt but if you need this shirt i give it to you you know it, it just it is what it is i give you this shirt off my back i go figure out another shirt because i know i'm gonna figure it out and my mind is i'm gonna figure it out so you know being a guy that's that's from the hood like my mother great person across the board but you know growing up you got to try to take care of yourself and take care of a kid that can be tough you got to try to do all the adult things and you're still a young adult yourself that can be tough you know i grew up in a not bad situation but i grew up in the hood so you outside you outside with the grown guys and just in the third and i look at a lot of these people now even like 10 years ago, you know, I was doing okay. I was doing pretty good. And you just look at some guys who you watched when you was a kid grow up and they're like walking the streets, they're begging, you know, things of that nature. You give them money. I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person. I got kids and then I got a whole community that looked up to me like I was just, you know, that guy. But I've always been driven to go get what I'm going to get. You know what I'm saying? I'm not hitting the old ladies over the head and robbing people and all that, that stuff. That stuff ain't right. You know what I'm saying? Doing the bike club stuff, you know, volunteering, giving back to the homeless, all of that stuff like that. But, you know, even though some of them people put themselves in that position, 
because they don't, excuse my language, fucked over somebody or fucked over themselves at that point. Because sometimes you fuck over yourself and you leave yourself in a position that you're in. And most people can't accept that. They don't cause their own situation. So my thing is, I'm going to cause myself a positive situation. That's been my goal in life. That's been my goal in life. And, and that's like I showed, when I showed you your deal, funny thing I tell you, it was on probably what, your fourth, fifth car? And I'm like, I'm losing, I'm losing $700 just to sell you a car. And, you know, and, and you laughed and you laughed. And I'm just like, but at the end of the day, I lose it the next time because you will bring me somebody else that I ain't going to hit over the head. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to make something on them, but I ain't going to hit them over the head. I'm going to be fair. And that's just how I am. But sometimes you've got to lose that to go forward. You know, are you not happy with your vehicle? I am very happy with my vehicle. And I do not think that you took a loss. As a matter of fact, Lee, I believe you gained and it's worth more than money could ever buy because you can't. Exactly. You on me. That's my point. Me, that's my point. The that's meaning, my point. Yeah. The meaning of our relationship is deeper than just any number. But speaking of numbers, I am a numbers ladies. Let's prepare for your rare gem moment. Okay. So based on your name, your name is based on a numerical value. My name is hot. Your name is dope, Demetrius. It's hot. It's hot. <laughs> so today I'm going to choose your destiny number and you can tell me if this fits you. Your destiny number is six. And the number six is associated with feelings and emotion. You know, that's my basketball number, right? I didn't. But listen to this, though. It says <laughs> that you, your characteristics is an introvert. Your astrological connection is Venus, Taurus, or Libra. Your symbol is the bull. Your element is earth. You're similar to the heart chakra. Fruitfulness, harmony, and domestic life. The best days of the month for you are the sixth the 15th, and the 24th. And your key concepts are harmony and peace. Now, here's your positive traits, and I can attest to this. You're humanitarian and responsible, kind-hearted and compassionate. You're charitable. You're balanced, creative, good imagination. Does this sound like this fits you? Come on, man. You know it do. I want to just read something to you because I feel that this is really great. There's the number six also relates to the home, family life, and the person's upbringing. It rules the ability to love others and to care for a family. This number represents responsibility for others, providing them with food, warmth, love, and security. You felt, you felt extremely insecure when young and may have had parents who either did not communicate or gave you strangely mixed feelings. Your mother wow. may have had some sensible things to say on some occasions, but also odd fixed ideals that may have not been normal or logical. Your family venerated hard work and you may have sought to impress them and to win their approval by working hard, even as a child. The outcome is that you become a tireless worker in adult life, possibly wearing yourself out for the sake of others. Does that sound like you? That's past accurate. <laughs> that is past accurate. That is so far past accurate. That is, is crazy. And it's like, like I say, I mean, my mom, great woman. But when you a kid trying to raise a kid, you know, and trying to make it happen, you know, it ain't the best communications go happen. It ain't the best, you know, and I get it. I, I get it as an adult. I didn't get it as a kid, which can make you feel as an insecure being. 
And it just goes to the, you know, fact of just providing your life for others so they don't have that feeling that you had when you were a kid. All right. Mr. Carr King, you have gave us some amazing stories just on your background and who you are. You didn't necessarily say outside of you having those situations. Was there a particular situation that just was like, you know what, I got to change my life or either I'm just going to end up somewhere that I didn't want to be. Can you recall that? You want the truth? Absolutely. The whole truth and nothing but the truth? The whole truth, nothing but the truth, because nothing is off limit. Okay. So, you know, when I was away on a one of those things they call a vacation, but it's not a vacation. You know, I'm watching the NBA finals. I'm big on basketball. That's my thing, watching the finals. I'm up by myself. My whole pod is pretty much they don't you know old heads i was on a pod with some old heads the co cuts the tv off in the middle of a great game great game this is oh three this is when basketball was basketball is still you know oh three oh four area this is some real basketball going on so i'm hot i'm young i'm hot i'm upset and you know i'm going off and looking up at the thing through the glass and all that shit and he comes down to the pot, we arguing back and forth. And, you know, he tells me, go to bed. What? We have a couple more words. And I make an attestment to say, I got way more money than you. And I laugh, you know, because I was up. I was up. I got way more money than you. He told me, I get to go home every night and close the door. How did that make you close feel? Close the door. Made me feel like, like when I was a seven-year-old kid and didn't have no power over nothing. And I didn't like that feeling. I did not like it. You know, I did not appreciate it, but it was something that was needed to happen, you know. So between that and my mother bringing my two sons, I got two sons, you know, and she brought both of them. I had to see them through glass. You know, my daughter's mother brought my daughter, who was probably when I went, when I had to get, you know, go in, she was probably two months old. So I got to hold her before I, you know, went, but I had to see my daughter through glass. You know, I had to see my sons through glass and, you know, I could just sit here and just look at them. And it's just, that was a, I don't want this for my kids. So it, it became bigger than me because the first thing I would have did <laughs> when I got out was go get another and get, and get it back moving. You know what I'm saying? But it's like, I mean, man, like the example to set, so they can't say that it's my fault if they have this same lifestyle type thing or whatever, you know? So my oldest son, he do what he do. My other son, he's a totally different person. Great guy. My oldest son, smart. He reminds me of me so much because he's so smart. You know, he's so smart, but he wants to be a hood person. And I go call him up, you know, wants to be a hood person. And I get it. You know, I can't knock him forward, but I try to tell him the smarter ways. You can still be respected in the neighborhood and everything else and not be in that lifestyle type. You know what I'm saying? I'm not in that lifestyle. But respect is there. Respect is given, you know, and it's something that was earned. Unfortunately, not as cute a way of, you know, you would like it, but it, it was earned. And now I'm an upstanding citizen, you know, and I run a business. I sell cars. I do what I'm supposed to do. And I do right by people. I do right by everybody. I did right by people then, even when I was a street dude. Like, you know, you treat people right. You take care of people. You know, people didn't have much. It was some people that was my age that didn't have much. And I'm still making sure they was all right, you know. People in your family, make sure they are all right, you know, and it is what it is. But then the bad part of all of that is people forget when you help them in that manner, 
until you can't help them anymore or you say, hey, come on, something got to shake. Like now is they never remember the hundred times you helped them. They just remember the one time you didn't. And that's a sad thing about our generation of people from us down. Nobody remembers the help. They just remember when they didn't get their way type thing, you know, and everybody wants to, like I say, you want to have a Lamborghini truck, but you want to pay Cavalier money for it. That is a good metaphor, right? Yeah. So let's speak on it because that's what this is. You mentioned the word power. Let's talk about the word power. Can you tell me five things not to do when you hold power? Well, the most important part of holding power is not to abuse it. You know, that's one of the key things, not to misuse it and not to use it unless you need to, you know? And if you got that kind of power, use that power to help someone else. You know, so many people make it or get ahead or just in the third and they just forget about anything else. They forget about their struggles. And, you know, that's what getting to the power is supposed to be. You know, you got a ladder that only reaches this far. You get up. You don't pull the ladder up so nobody else can get up the ladder. You keep that ladder down there and you hold it steady from the top and pull people with you. You know, you pull people with you because at the end of the day, you look at Jews. Now I'm going to get into color. You look at Jewish people. You look at white people and this, that, and the third, and you wonder why, if you're looking at this corporation, this guy's the president, this guy's the CEO, this guy's the, they all pull each other in, you know, but that one black guy that gets up there, he's so happy to be there. He doesn't pull his people with him. He doesn't try to get none of them ahead. He leaves them down there. He pulls that ladder up because first off, it is hard for him to make it. He probably had to do way more than they had to do to get there. But that don't mean you don't help them. Other people that's trying to do the same thing that you did. That's where we get lost at. You know, people ask me about the uh, transportation business and stuff like that. I'll tell you the information because it's not easy to do. Just because you have the information don't mean it's easy to do. But you can't say I didn't give you the information to do it. You know, and some people be, ah, oh, man, ah, oh, man, you don't want to do this. You don't want to, ah, no, because they think it's too hard because it was hard for them. Or they just don't want to give the information. So when you have power, you don't want to abuse it. Right? You don't want to abuse it. That's the key thing. Don't don't abuse the power. Don't okay. abuse it. And when we release, what helps you release your power? What makes you so powerful and help you release it on a day-to-day? -day? What helps me release it is all the things that I've gotten with the power that I have. I go back and help people that don't have what I have. I go back and help people that look up to me and think I'm just, oh, that's that's that dude. I'm not that dude. I'm the same person as you. I put my pants on one leg at a time. I don't do a front flipping to them going down the steps and, and they land on. No, I put them on one foot at a time and I go out there and try to make it, man. You know, that drive, that desire to not have my future wife looking at me like, damn, I can't do nothing for her. Types, you know what I'm saying? My kids say, "Power, power love is a power. Love is a it's a different thing. It's a different thing." So, me being who I am, the insecurities as we spoke about, you know, in your life causes you to do things just trying to seek that validation type thing, you know. And that's a big thing that can go into a problem of people, men and women. You know, love is something that's supposed to be that thing that after your hard day, that love is there for you or whatever. And sometimes you get so lost chasing, especially as a young person. If you're not happy with yourself, you're not happy with what you got going on. You can't be happy with somebody else. 
it just doesn't fill that void. Like me and me and my mother have a great understanding now that I didn't have when I was 20 years old. I was an adult, you know, at 21 years old, when I had my first son, my mother, who is now a seasoned adult, treated my son great. You know what I'm saying? Because she's in a seasoned adult. She understands these kind of things now. This is not her first child. This is not her only child. This is her grandson. She's made her trials and errors. You know what I'm saying? So me being 20, 21 years old, I can't understand that. Why does he get treated so well? You know, until you get older and realize, like, it was just a transition point in her life. And you got to understand that, you know, people grow. People grow. Like, I've been with Casey since 2015. I've known her since high school, I've known her since high school. I tried to date her in high school, you know, and, and I ain't ashamed to say it. Like I had, you know, my choice of women in high school on up and, you know, blah, 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 blah. She wouldn't date me because of who I was, what I did, how I did it. You know, I was the guy in high school with a car in ninth grade, chains on, new Jordans, fresh, you know, you attract the wrong, you know. So by the time she gets to high school, you know, I think she was, I didn't even know she was a freshman. I was like a junior, but, you know, she was a well-seasoned person, you know, and she just was, no, 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 I'm, I'm not going to be a statistic, as they say. I told her, I have you, I have you. And, and it's the funniest story. It's the funniest story because I told her, I'll have you. And then somehow we get together in our adult age and, you know, like I, I would have fucked it up if we got, got together then, you know, I, I would have totally fucked it up you know and it is what it is but here i am three weeks from marriage <laughs> you know what i'm saying and it is what it is you know and we still have you know minor issues things of that nature but you know there's nothing major because we, we both understand each other she understands who i am she definitely understands who i was whether she likes it or not you know she understands who i was and i know who she was and who she is and, you know and it just it is what it is but i've grown so much as a person, like it's, it's phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? And I wish I could just talk to youth when they 20, 25 in that area and, and had them understand this because it's like when the old dudes was talking to me, I'm looking at them like, bro, you can't, I get more respect than you do, you know? But as being a respected guy, as I am, you know, people listen, listen to me. So, you know, I'm not telling no young guys, oh, man, man, go ahead and hit these young hoes. You young and nah, man, get stable. Get stable, get chill. Like you're not missing nothing. You're not missing nothing in this point. You know what I'm saying? Too many of us getting married at 40 plus, 35 plus, our kids grown. Now you're trying to start a hole when that should have been the goal from the get go. You know, that should have been the goal from the get go from, you know, our great grandparents getting married at 20 and, and dying together at 70, 75 and been with that person getting on their nerves or not the whole time. You know what I'm saying? But it was, de it was designed by government. You want your own place. I made a mistake and got you pregnant. You want your own place. I'm going to give you a place and them kids a place to stay. It's just the the language of paying it forward is such a big thing to me, you know? And it's like, I want my kids to understand it. I want my kids' friends to understand it. I want the neighborhood. I want everybody to understand it. It's crazy. Like when you talk about that thing called power, power is in so many different forms. And so many people look up to me in different aspects. And I just want it to always be a... He was doing the right thing. He had the right thing on track. He tried to show the right way. So if somebody go the wrong way, can't say it was me that that put him there, you know. And that just comes with accountability. That's another word that people don't don't use enough is, is accountability for your own actions. 
and just truth. But I can blame it on oh my mama, my mother, my mother worked too much. My mother did no, I'm not I'm not blaming it on my mother. You know what I'm saying? Selling drugs wasn't something my mother said was I'm not paying you attention or I'm working too much, go sell drugs. No, that was a choice I made based on, you know what I'm saying? So it's like the excuse um it's just retarded to me how people can use that or use anything as an excuse to why. My mother was trying to work hard to at least provide because she didn't know what else to do. You know what I'm saying? I just got to work hard because I got too many people to <laughs> take care of. So, you know what I'm saying? But I got to work hard in the right sense, like I told you, you know? And pandemics, all that bullshit means nothing because my money still stayed the same. I still kept selling cars. I still kept doing what I'm doing. My transportation bids grew because I did it the right way. Mr. Demetrius, your rare gem reveal is Rodenite. And Rodenite is a crystal filled with love and balance. It has been nicknamed the stone of love due to its ability to fully clear, stimulate, and reactivate your heart. Rodenite's energy vibrate outward and assist in self-love and value. This crystal pushes you to really love yourself so that you may offer love to someone else. Rodenite produces generosity, joy, and happiness to anyone who constantly works with or carries a piece. It will strengthen your heart and show you just how strong you can be, even in what you may think is your weakest environment. It is recommended for anyone who suffers from depression, anxiety, lack of confidence. Rodonite works mainly with your heart and your root chakras. It is offered, it offers an incredible psychic ability. It enhances your clarity to one's inner experiences. It deepens your meditation sessions or just simply dreaming. You are a rare gem, Mr. Demetrius. I thank you so very much for joining us on the show. Nothing off limits with Leah. I'm your courageous host. That's what they tell me. Again, August is the month of replenishment. Be sure to replenish mentally, emotionally, physically, and spiritually. And I hope that you gain something from the powerful parking Demetrius. You can find more information. Tell our listeners how they can reach you. So if you want to reach me, best way is the cell phone. That number is 216-816-8474. Even if you're trying to figure out how to build your business credit, build your personal credit, how to get yourself out of the rut that you're in, it's not just about selling cars. It's about helping everybody to get to the achievement. Because what do you do when you get yourself out of a rut? You want to buy a house. You want to buy a car. You want to go buy stuff. You want because now you're you're doing good. You're doing better. You want to upgrade your. So sometimes services lead into other services, and it happens. You know. Yes, I do. And my birthday is in August. My birthday is in August, so that's that replenishment that you're talking about. Happy birthday to you. You know. Again, to our listeners, you can find the Car King. Hit him up. He is phenomenal. He will get you the best ride he can get you. Thanks so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Thank you for having me. This has been a Mission Matters Network production. Listen to this show and browse our entire catalog by visiting missionmatters.com.